Hey, Marriage Podcast people, Aaron Wallace here with my amazing, beautiful, talented, shaking her head right now at me, wife, uh, Christy. Can you say hi, Christy? Hello. And we are excited to be with you guys. Um, we have been married 20 years. 21? No, 20. 20. 20 years. Yeah. Um, it feels like a lot longer, baby. But we, uh, in a good way, I mean that in the most positive, uplifting mm-hmm. way. And uh, we have four uh, amazing kids. Who are they? We have Tyson, Taylor, Trace, and Trinity, yeah. ranging in age from 17 to 8. Um, we have two dogs, Tank, and we have a brand new puppy, Honey. Yay, brand new puppy named Honey. Awesome. So they really describe our personality a lot. My hunting dog is large and his name is Tank. Hers is a little furball and his her. Her, her, her name is Honey. So that's just a little snip clip into our married life. Uh, we, we know that God has knit us together. Um, and even in all of our differences, we are so blessed uh, to be married and see God uh, put us on the same course and the same race in life. And so today we're excited to be able to share something that's really big, we feel like, um, in marriage, something crucial really in marriage. And this is about how do I speak life over my spouse? What does it look like to speak life over my spouse? And so I don't know that we always take time really to think about that. I don't know, you know, for you, Christy, if you wake up in the morning, think the first words out of your mouth, how can I speak life over my spouse? I don't, I don't know that it's always near and dear to our heart. Um, but we'll find in life, we're either speaking life or to be honest with you, we're probably speaking death. It's probably one of those two and so how can we speak life over our spouse? Proverbs 18:21 says, "The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit." What do you think about that, babe? Yeah, so I really like in that verse, um, the very beginning says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so when I read that, I immediately begin to think that the power of speaking life or death um, sits within my choice. And so God, we know he honors our choice. And if we speak life, blessing will come. And the words that we speak, of course, are very powerful. And it goes on in that verse to say that those who live it and indulge in it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. And so we know that seeds, of course, produce fruit. So if you plant an apple seed, you're going to get an apple tree. If you plant a mango seed, you're going to get a mango tree. In the same way, uh, hate-filled words produce hate and love-filled words produce love. And it got me thinking about an old childhood saying that we've all heard probably. And it says it's um, sticks and stones will break our bones, but words will never hurt me. And of course, that's not true because once spoken, our words can never be taken back and they definitely can hurt one another. Yeah, that's good. And 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 I agree. I think once we speak it, it's out there. And it's either done its damage or if it's a good word, it's done done the encouragement. And so when you say you can't take it back, I mean, obviously there's forgiveness in that right. and there's restoration and God can renew some things. But once the word is out there, it's out there, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. I can't say, ah, I'm going to take that back. And there is a reality too that a lot of the things that we speak from our mouth are a revelation of our heart, right? right? So scripture says out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So sometimes I could say, you know, I didn't really mean it. I didn't really mean to say that. 
But there is a reality that maybe there's something down in my heart that's kind of wonky or, or messed up where I said that because I do feel hurt by my spouse or I do feel hurt by something that they've done. And instead of working through that, I just simply used my words as a weapon. And so it's crazy because uh, James is going to say it like this, like out of the same mouth come praise and out of the same mouth comes cursing. And he says, my brothers and sisters, this cannot be, can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? And so what we're realizing is, is that in our mouth, this death and life is like a fresh water and a salt water spring. It can't have both. What are we going to choose in that moment? And yeah. so all of this really comes down to what's, I think, revealing uh, and what's revelatory in our heart. Uh, Proverbs 15.1 has another good word on this. It says, a soft word turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And so I think just in your own marriages, we realize this, right? An encouraging word can completely change the atmosphere of your home. Yeah. And so like when we think about that, um, I, there's different strategies, I guess, that you could implement uh, in your marriage, there's different ways in which you can begin to implement strategies for um, how to speak life. And so I want to kind of walk through some of those. Christy, can you share some of the strategies of, of how to walk through just, I don't know, ways in which we can begin to speak life in marriage? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I have four things that I want to share with you today about how you can speak life into your marriage. And this is particularly for you wives and how you speak life to your husband. And so here are just a couple practical ways that you can build your husband up with your words. Um, number one, believe in him like God does. So what you believe about your husband means everything. And do you realize that God sees your husband as a king in training? And do you see your husband as that? Oh, that's good. God has called your husband to love you and lead you and your family well. Will mm -hmm. he miss the mark at times? Absolutely, because we all do. But you have the choice to extend grace and see him in the same way as God sees him. This doesn't mean that you excuse where he is now, only that you truly see and believe in his potential just as much as God does. So you're saying that I miss the mark at times? Yep. Oh, okay. Just awesome. at times. Just at times. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Um, number two is to call out his strengths, not only his weaknesses. So we all know that it's a lot easier sometimes to focus on our husband's weaknesses. And because these things are very obvious at times, um, for example, when will Aaron understand that the hamper in our closet is where he's supposed to put his dirty clothes and um, not on the floor at the end of our bed? Oh, true. That's true. Yeah. So, I'm getting there. It's been 20 years. I'll get there. Yeah. You're getting a little closer to the hamper, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so isn't it true that it's much harder to see and focus on our husband's strengths? So I, I challenge you, when was the last time you wrote a note to your husband thanking him for the work he does to provide for you and your family? Or maybe <coughs> acknowledged how well he communicated the last time you talked or told him how proud of him you are or let him know that he is rocking it as a dad? What does your husband do well and what are his strengths? If you can't answer these questions, then you may be too focused on his weaknesses. Ask God to show you how he has uniquely designed your husband and pray for eyes to see. Become a student of your husband and discover where his strengths are. Yeah, I think I think that those are they're, they're practical ways in which we can, I feel like, speak life into one another for you, especially. Um, I know those are big things that you've tried to implement in our marriage, and I've seen you do those over time. And, and I think one of the big ones that I see maybe in, in every marriage that, that would be good to, to put into practice is understanding that 
before all things, we have to have an honor culture. Mm -hmm. Like if we have honor in our home, Romans 12, 10 says, be devoted to one another, honor one another above yourselves. One translation is I love that says it in the ESV. It says, outdo one another in showing honor. If we spend our time in our homes trying to outdo one another and showing honor, I think of like outdo. I think so. I'm I'm a bit competitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christy and I maybe we don't play a lot of sports together. No, because, maybe maybe golf. Maybe golf. So yeah, because I'm a bit competitive. And so when I think of outdo one another and showing honor, I think about like how can I beat her and showing honor. I'm gonna honor her more than me. And if you think about that in your home, if we were doing that, how it would shift the atmosphere yeah. in your home. And so what does it look like to create an honor culture? And some of that comes down to um, to create an honor culture, you have to destroy a pride culture in your heart. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I know this for our marriage, and I would speak this probably over a lot of marriages, is that pride is the biggest killer of intimacy. Would you kind of see that or agree with that? Uh-huh. Babe? Yeah, like yeah. When, when pride wells up, pride is all about me, and it's all about me winning what I want. And so when we can kill the pride culture in our hearts and create an honor culture in our home and outdo one another in showing honor, I'm telling you, it's a win-win in your marriage. And so I think the big thing, and maybe that's the maybe the kickstart in your home, do you have a pride culture in your home where it's all about your pride, your heart, or do you have an honor culture in your home? And, uh, and, and that goes along with maybe the second one too, a little bit, which is just intentional words. Are you being mindful and meaningful in what you say. Does that make sense, babe, when I say mindful and meaningful? Yeah. Like thinking about what you say and not just thinking about it before you say it, right? Slow to speak, uh, quick to listen. We know that. It says to be slow to, slow to speak, quick to listen. But am I being mindful, like thinking about the words before they come out? And then are they meaningful? If you're a word person and you can, <coughs> excuse me, and you can just come up with a bunch of words, sometimes it's just like word vomit. It doesn't mean anything. But when it's meaningful, a few words can be more impactful than a lot of words. And so when I talk about encouraging words, I'm thinking about how do we reshape like the mindset and the character and and the love that we have for the spouse that sits across from us. Like I get to speak into her identity and that's a huge deal. And so when I'm mindful and meaningful with my words, I can take a word that the Lord has said and I can speak it into her heart and I can watch her flourish. And that's the kind of fruit that I think we were talking about earlier about eating the fruit of either life or death. So I've got really two quick, I guess, acronyms that I want to share with you uh, of what you can be thinking about in, in your marriage. The first acronym is the word bless. And the second acronym is the word curse. And so when you're asking yourself, am I creating an honor culture? Am I speaking life? Am I speaking, you know, these, these profound, I guess, encouraging words into my wife? You can ask it based off of this. Uh, if you look at the word bless and you break that down, B-L-E-S-S, the first word is B, it's building. Are my words building my wife up or are they tearing her down? Are they meant to build her up or to tear her down? And if they're to tear her down, I'm probably in the wrong because that's not what the heart of God is. The second word would be L. Are my words loving or are my words filled with hate? And so I've got, I want to build up. I want to L. I want to love her with my words. Do they speak love into her life? The third is E. Are my words encouraging? Because if my words are not encouraging, then that means they're probably discouraging. And if I'm constantly discouraging her, there's an old word that I um, used to hear all the time in, in, in premarital counseling, and it says that a wife will live up to how much she's treasured. So however much I treasure my wife, then, then she'll live up to how much she's treasured. And so I want to encourage her with words. 
Um, the first S is the word soothing. Are my words soothing to her? Are they calming to her? Are they bringing peace? You know, one of the things that Scripture talks a lot about is that we want houses of peace or homes of peace. Are my words bringing peace or, or soothing to her? And then finally, the last one is the last S, which is spirit-filled. At the end of the day, I want to speak spirit-filled words of life over her. And so are my words filled with the heart of what Jesus would have inside of me and not the heart of what I would have inside of me. And so that's that's the positive ones, right? So that's bless. Are my words blessing? Are they bringing a blessed home? And so that's building, loving, encouraging, soothing, and spirit-filled. Or on the other side <coughs> is the word curse. Are my words bringing a curse over our home? And the curse would be, C would be critical. Am I just critical with my words, always condemning with my words, always trying to shatter with my words, always trying to bring down with my words? Because look, there, there's some things in our heart where when we're not going, when we're going through some difficult things, it can be easy to speak critical words. The second one would be the you, right? C-U, which is unwholesome. Are they lovely, pure, admirable, praiseworthy, and excellent? This is what the Lord says to be thinking about. And if they're not and they're unwholesome, then there's a good chance that it's bringing my spouse down. Are they ridiculing? So you got C-U-R. Are my, my words ridiculing? Are they making fun of? Are they, yeah, are they, are they, are they, yeah, accusatory, if you will. There's ridic there can be ridiculing words that absolutely deflate your spouse. And then the S, C-U-R-S, are they sharp? Are they meant to cut? Look, we know, like you know if your words are meant to cut or not. Like I think all of us as adults are mature enough to know, like I meant for that to jab. And so are our words sharp? And if they're sharp, are they, are they, are they sharp because you're trying to cut deep at, at your spouse? And then the last one is just simply E. So curse, C-U-R-S-E. Are they evil? Do they speak the heart of God? And if they don't speak the heart of God, then in, in some way, shape, or form, I'm probably messing something up. And so we're either going to speak words that bless or we're going to speak words that curse. And so that acronym, building, loving, encouraging, soothing, and spirit filled with bless, or on the other side, critical, unwholesome, ridiculing, sharp, and evil with curse, one of those two are going to flow from our hearts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really like that acronym, both of those acronyms that you shared. I want to wrap back around um, for a couple more points for us as wives and how we can speak life into our husbands. And one of those ways is to celebrate their progress and not expect perfection. Oh, that's good. And I think that's really important. Um, so I have a friend and she desperately wanted her husband to step into his role as a spiritual leader in their family. However, her husband didn't want any part of that. So what did she do? Well, she decided to begin celebrating any progress that he made, no matter how small. And guess what? As she did this, he began to gain confidence and took steps towards becoming the spiritual leader in their home. One thing to remember is to not expect perfection, yeah. but instead desire and celebrate progression. Your husband will never be perfect. And if that's your expectation, then he will never live up to it but there is always an opportunity for progress. Your husband can always take the next step, yeah. no matter how small. So celebrate the wins. That's good. I think that's sometimes one of the biggest challenges. We have an expectation of where we want our spouse to be. And so, you know, if we have them, you know, at a level of 10 and they only reached a level of eight, it's hard to celebrate that right. when we had a different expectation. So how do we celebrate the little wins? 
That's yeah. good. Yeah, good. I think that's really important. Again, to celebrate the wins, no matter how small they may be. And the last one that I just wanted to point on is to combine truth with grace. So when we speak truth without grace, it comes across as cold and yeah. hard and usually will sound like criticism to our husbands. And when we speak grace without any truth, it is soft and oftentimes can be meaningless. But when you and when you only speak grace and never speak truth, there will never be any progress. Yeah. You simply are enabling death and not encouraging life. So in order to speak life, we have to learn to speak truth with grace. Yeah, I love that. That's one of my favorite ones, that whole, you know, speak truth and love. And I think I think often about that where, you know, it says that you have to have them both together because truth without love, according to first you know, Corinthians 13, it's just a clanging symbol. Mm -hmm. It's just a noisy gong. It means nothing. Truth without love, if we don't have love behind it, he's like, what What good is it in 1 Corinthians 13? On the other side, love without truth is a lie. And so it, it's not negating truth. It's not trying to escape from truth. It's that how do we season our language to one another if we do have to speak truth, right. you know, and especially a hard truth over one another, how do we season that language with, with love? And again, I, I just think Ephesians 4.29 just brings so much clarity to that when it says, do not let unwholesome talk come from your mouth. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's very clear on that. Do not let unwholesome talk come from your mouth, but only for what is helpful in building others up according to their needs, according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And so basically what he's saying in that moment is everything that comes out of our mouth should be used for a couple of different things. One, building them up according to their needs. And sometimes it may be a rebuke, but can we still rebuke in love? Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it may be a, a, a word that has to, has to be shared and it's really tough, but can we season it in love? But then I love that, that last part, which says that it may benefit those who listen. At the end of the day, if I'm just critical towards you, or if I'm just sharp words towards you, or if I'm just ridiculing you or unwholesome talk to you, it doesn't benefit you because at the end of the day, it doesn't bring you closer to me. What's it do? It draws me away. Yeah, it causes you to be drawn away. And so again, this is why speaking life over your spouse is so important because the goal is that you draw into one another and not repel each other away. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, when you create a culture in your home with speaking life over one another, it will reshape the atmosphere of your home. And, and look, I know this is more for marriage, but I mean, we, we could say this about our kids, can we, babe? Yeah. Like just the way we talk to our kids in this. So I, I feel like even how we try to engage our kids with creating an honor culture and encouraging them to speak life over one another it changes even the atmosphere for them. We've got two boys and two girls, and our boys are typical boys. They like to go at it. And, you know, our girls are a little bit uh, different in age uh, apart with one another. But I'm telling you, when we can encourage them to speak life over one another, it changes the atmosphere of our home. Mm -hmm. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Um, I have one more thing that I wanted to pass along. Um, just another uh, thing that Aaron and I have tried to incorporate in our marriage. And of course, we're talking about how we can speak life into one another. And of and when we think about speaking life, of course, we have to be communicating intentionally with each other. And I don't know if you're like Aaron and I, but so many of our conversations begin and seem to only revolve around our kids. Yeah. And so we um, have been challenged, and I want to challenge you also with this. But um, this is an easy, very practical way that you can communicate with one another on a weekly and then even a quarterly basis. And I don't remember where this was shared. Yeah. Um, I didn't 
didn't come up with it myself, but I want to pass along these words of wisdom and hope that you can use them in your marriage just as we are using them in our marriage. And so there's four weekly questions that you can ask your spouse at the end of the week. And number one is, what is one thing that was hard or that challenged you last week? Number two is, what what is one thing that you enjoyed last week? Number three is, what is one thing I can do to help you this week? And number four is, how can I pray for you and encourage you this week? And so those four questions have really initiated a lot of really good conversation between Aaron and I in our marriage. Yeah, that's good. It's funny, when we were dating, I don't know if you remember way back when, (laughs) when we were dating, and you're trying to get to know one another, and of course, you're trying to put your best on. I mean, most of the words that flow from your mouth are mushy, gushy, love, you know, all the things that you wanted to hear in your heart. And then something happens. You get married and life moves forward. And then all of a sudden, it's almost like you have permission or you feel like you have permission to say just off the wall outlandish stuff. And I'm like, what happened from the time that we were waiting or, you know, that we were dating, trying to quote unquote, win your prize, you know, whether, whether that was a long dating period or even a short dating period from the time that you got married. And now you're in covenant with Christ as your foundation. And you changed from sharing all the mushy, gushy, beautiful things to almost like I can say whatever I want to now. And it's just crazy. And I know that some of that comes from just comfortability and, and knowing one, (coughs) excuse me, knowing one another's heart a little bit better, but, but it's just crazy when you think about that. And so just want to kind of leave you with something, you know, we, 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 we talked about creating a culture of your home to speak life in. I want to, I want to challenge you as couples and as married couples. If you put some of these things into practice, you will see life in your home. God is faithful to his word. And because he's faithful to his word, here's what he says at the end of that James chapter three. He says, wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all, pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. God will never negate his word. It will always go forward and will always be true. And so, you know, I'll just be the first one to admit, this is one of the hardest things in our home. Mm -hmm. When you say, babe, (laughs) I have an explosive temper. Christy has a longer fuse. So I explode and then I run to her pretty quickly and say, I am so sorry for all the things that I said and did. And then by that time, her fuse has been burning and then she explodes while I'm in apologizing mode, which then causes me to explode again. And then it's just like this rapid fire craziness in our home. Mm-hmm. That's just a little window to our heart. <laughs> but all that to say is we, we, we don't have this down by any means perfectly, no. but man, this is something that's so near and dear to our heart. In 20 years of being married, what we've realized is we've spoken a lot of words we wish we could have taken back, mm-hmm. but they did a lot of damage. And so we want the next 20 years of our marriage to create an honor culture <laughs> in our home and to be intentional with our words that we're mindful with and meaningful in, in what we say. And I believe that you can have the same thing mm-hmm. in your marriage. So just a quick blessing. Father, we ask in Jesus' name that every home that gets to have a chance to listen 
in Father, would create an honor culture where they ask themselves, how can I speak life and words of life over my husband? How can I speak life and words of life over my wife? I pray that you would shift the tides in marriages, God, where our mouths have become just wide open opportunities to cut deep and to curse and to ridicule and to say whatever we want. And I pray that our mouths will become mouths that bless one another in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for letting us join you guys today. Have a great week in Jesus.